0: Hello and welcome to another episode of what you know and love as LWDG Poddog. We're having a rebrand on the podcast and it will now be called Found It Fetched It, your weekly dose of gundog wisdom from the Ladies Working Dog Group. We hope that you enjoy our stuff as usual. Just because we've had a name change doesn't mean the content is going to be any different. And we're hoping that you're going to love this week's podcast, which is all about putting a square peg in a round hole. What it's like to train a resistant gun dog. Joining me for this week's podcast is our amazing LWDG group expert, Claire Dania. How are you today, Claire? I am very well, thank you. I'm very excited to be
1: on this podcast with you today.
0: And are you very excited, Claire, about the name change?
1: Very excited about the name change because I remember my very first LWDG t-shirt that I bought many years ago now that had found it, fetched it across the front and I love that t-shirt and I have several of them. However, I am slightly heavier than I was when I bought them. So I need to
0: get back into them. So this is now motivation for me. (laughs) And for me as well, because we did have Founded Fest, right at the beginning, didn't we? And it was such a a fun, um, it wasn't even a brand, it was like a slogan that we could use on t-shirts and mugs. And when we print it back into this podcast now, it means that we can do giveaways in here, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I
1: think I I just love the whole thing. I found it fetched it. I think it just encapsulates everything about what we do with our dogs and fits perfectly. So yay for that!
0: <laughs> so to go on with today's podcast, this one is going to be a proper fabulous one. In the fact, that you know, square peg in a round hole. When your gun dog isn't interested in the task you're asking them to do, this is like a really not a uh, hidden conversation but it's something that we see quite regular that people maybe just don't want to recognize what's going on isn't it absolutely i think
1: especially seeing is one of the things that i specialize in is working with reluctant retrievers and yes sometimes when i'm working with dogs like that we do have to look at if something's gone wrong in the training um, was it something to do with puppyhood and how the dog was raised that's caused the issue? But sometimes we have to just look as are we trying to literally fit a square peg into a round hole and make that dog something that it isn't, whether that be genetically or whether it be It just doesn't, the dog doesn't feel it. And I think this is something that we avoid in conversations. Everyone's trying to achieve goals with their dogs, which obviously we all are, and that's right, and that's not wrong. But we do have to look at, is the
0: dog that we're working with right for that role? If we look back in like gender breed history, there were very specific dogs for very specific jobs. Nowadays, we're tending to see a dog being asked to be dual purpose, dual task, dual pretty much everything. Is it difficult for dogs to not do something that they weren't bred for, but for us to keep on asking them to do all these different things? Can be. I
1: think when we look at it, a lot of people in this day and age do want a good all-round gun dog unless they're looking to specialize in an area or maybe compete at a very high level in a breed specific competition, then the majority of people that I see are actually looking for a good all-round gun dog. Now, if we look at, let's say, spaniels, spaniels in most instinctively, their thing is hunting secondary is retrieving so if you genuinely want a good all-round spaniel it's a really good idea to teach the retrieve before we get let them get their head in with hunting too much of course we're going to do a little bit of hunting but it is the most instinctual so if you want that dog to potentially be a picking up dog we're going to have to put a lot more effort and time into the training of the retrieve and then when we look at the hpr breeds hunt point retrieve in that order they love to hunt they point and then the third thing in that list is the retrieve so again if we want that dog to be multi-purpose we've got to really start at the back end the least instinctual and work forward Because those other things that are instinctual, once the dog builds that drive and love for that, it can then be much harder to train the less instinctual things. So it's not that it's not doable, but I do think it just needs a little bit of thought. But then again, sometimes owners may change what it is that they want to achieve with that dog. So when an owner gets a dog and they're starting their training journey with that dog they might have in their mindset that they want a good all-round gun dog so that's what they train the dog for but as they grow in experience and ability they might decide that actually they want to go down the route of competing with the dog or they might want to specialize in an area more and so it's then considering is that dog that was you know purchased or Brought into the home as a good all round gun dog, is that dog the right fit for what they now want to achieve?
0: It must be incredibly um, frustrating for Nona if they have changed and they want the dog to, to change its behaviour as well, but that the dog is finding it a challenge because, you know, dogs are not socks. We can't throw them away and start again. We have already got like a bond with them, they live with us, they're part of our family. So these, like, changes must cause huge friction. And I think what we have to remember is, yes, of course, there
1: are some people that have many dogs and they have many kenneled dogs and they can separate, well, this dog fits that role really well and this dog fits that purpose very well. But for a lot of people now, you know, it's so much more popular now for people to have gun dogs as family dogs, as pets, that they don't have masses of dogs to choose from. They might have one dog and then they might bring a second or a third dog into that home. Um, But that's still not mass amount of dogs to be able to go, well, you're going to be my working gun dog and you're going to be my pub dog and you're going to be my competing dog and you're going to be the dog that comes out on family events with me. So we ask a lot of the dogs which some dogs absolutely can multitask and be those things but some dogs maybe can't some dogs maybe find it difficult to meet all of those requirements and then we have to think about the best interest of the dog rather than be putting on that dog something that that
0: dog isn't wired to do how do you think as an owner we can identify whether like the dog's just not got something yet or whether the dog is like resisting the activity yeah so <laughs>
1: yeah so I would go back even further than that Joe, and 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 I would I always urge it's very rare I'll be honest it's very rare that I get to a client before they've got the dog Occasionally, people contact me and say that they are thinking of getting a dog, but most of the time, when I hear from somebody, they've already got the dog. So, if I were able to get to people before that point, I would sort of be saying, to them, Take your time to select the right breed for your lifestyle, your home life, your activity level, and what your ambitions are with that dog. But of course, through time, that will change. But if they've already got the dog and some people genuinely do buy a dog based on looks, I've actually had that. I've had people come to me and say, X, Y and and Z is happening with this dog. And I'll say, why did you get this breed of dog? You know, partly through curiosity, but partly to understand a little bit more what's going on there. And sometimes the answer genuinely is I think they're really nice looking dogs. They haven't actually given much thought to breed traits to genetics (laughs) to size to maintenance (laughs) things like that and so quite often I'm then trying to almost I feel a little bit like a detective with that client I'm trying to like delve really deep into what's going on in that relationship but also is this dog just literally a square peg trying to be fit into a round hole Or is it that the training hasn't been consistent or has been rushed or steps have been missed? Because it could be any of those things, but I think it's recognizing where that has gone wrong. And so my first thing will be to kind of backtrack through and go, tell me about how you started the training with this dog. Tell me about what happened in the home. So if we look at reluctant retrievers very briefly there, A lot of the time when I am working with a retriever breed and it's not a retriever, it doesn't want to, or it seemingly doesn't want to, that dog has possibly been scolded in the home for picking things up it shouldn't have. And so the dog's been put off at a very, very young age. So that isn't a case of square peg round hole. That's a case of the training at the beginning. Those foundations with that puppy have possibly put the dog off of doing that thing you know it's made the dog think well picking things up isn't really great it just gets me in trouble so then we have to rebuild that so it's finding out if there's things in the background in the history of the dog that have perhaps caused it to happen behaviorally or whether it is a genetic thing and that dog just isn't the right fit for the purpose
0: we see i think probably quite a lot of um I think more Spaniels being asked to be a lot more than they were first bred for. Like, you know, it's it's nothing now to think of a Spaniel being a beating dog, a picking up dog, you know, all those different types of dogs. And lots of people have them in home. And I know for a fact that Labradors can sweep all day long and they can, you know, beat. But you don't see as many labs on a beating line as you would see Spaniels possibly trying to be a non picking up line. And do you think they're like, we forget what, not they're passionate about, but they're inherently bred to want to do one or the other, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um,
1: One, one, as you said, it's bred into them. That's what they were created and designed to do. And the other thing is, what is that dog's personality like? So something that I've really come to learn over my years doing this, but... I'm going to be completely honest and say in the last year, even more so highlighted for me is Rose is the most, she's my youngest Labrador of the current three. So she is a working gun dog. She loves that job and she's really good at it. She's good at it. I had this overwhelming thing that I wanted to try and get over my fear of working tests with her you know we've spoke about that subject on previous podcast Joe. but you know me always honest about my journey something I'm coming to realize is it's not her thing and I've had to battle with is it not her thing because of my nerves am I creating something but actually I'm seeing that it's not It's since. It's since she had her first full season as a working gun dog, and she used her natural ability, her natural drive, all of those things to get the job done. And now, the more formal setting that you have with working tests, I see a, a, I see less drive in her. So I don't see the same pace and the same determination and the same drive that I see on a shoot day. When I'm d- doing almost like drills, I've noticed her drive is different on those two things. So it's not that she can't do the skill set, she can, she totally can. And I've achieved a lot with her that I wanted to achieve. I haven't maybe achieved as much as I want to achieve in my personal growth in that area, but in terms of her ability and her consistently high scores. But I see a lack of drive, which says to me, am I, I have to consider, am I trying to put a square peg in a round hole with her? You know, is she not that dog that enjoys that role as much as she does as a working dog? And this is why some gun dog folk will have their working dogs and their competition dogs, because they're different drives. Same skill set in a lot of ways, but different in a lot of ways, too. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, like I've been on many a shoot where a gamekeeper said, don't bring those trial in dogs here. And it, they do the job perfectly, but they know how the people will the handler will react with a trial in dog and how yeah. they and how they react with just their working dog. And I do think that if we keep pushing for a dog through do something it doesn't want to do and it, it genuinely doesn't want to do it. We put incredible strain on the relationship between the two of us, don't we?
1: Yeah, we totally do.
0: And when that happens and the dog, so for me,
1: the frustration of knowing that Rose could do that exercise with her eyes shut at my training field or out on a walk. But then in that test scenario, and I really have had to consider, is it because of my nerves that I see a difference in her driving pace? And it isn't. I've worked out it isn't because actually my nerves have been getting better and better with each time I've done it. Still not over it, but, but better. But I see a completely different side of her, and I and I'm like, yeah, no, it's it's how she feels about the whole thing. She's like, this is boring. You know, even the sound of the shot doesn't excite her like it does on a shoot day. On a shoot day, she's like looking around the sky, watching for the birds, you know, she's just in this completely different mindset. And then at work in test, the amount of times there's been a shot for a blind and she hasn't even acknowledged the shot. You'd think she was deaf. like (laughs) She's not, but she's just like, (laughs) and I'm like, am I trying to make this dog something that it's not? And in doing so, what am i damaging am i damaging the relationship between me and her am i damaging her drive to do the job i don't think i could ever damage her drive to do the job on a shoot day but i want her to enjoy the training so if the test scenarios are taking that away i have to consider that and that's a, that's being fair to the dog it's not just about me you know it's not about my ambitions only it's about the dog as well and how she feels
0: and I think as well, if you continue with that uh, strain, it just has really um, a long-term reluctance on the animal part to do anything, doesn't it? Like, I had a, a horse, I can remember it now, it was called Bramble. It was called a New Forest Pony. My dad bought it because the, do- the horse I was on was not at the level I wanted to compete. Mm-hmm. And we brought it home, and my God, I'll say it honestly, the horse was a pig. It was a pig. <laughs> and any time it could try and get me off, it would. Any time, you know, then it was like, oh, it's Joe's fault. Joe's not riding it properly. It's not used to this. Other people ride it. She would try to get him off. And I was just like, what is wrong with this horse? And mm. literally, it got to the point, and I was like, you and this horse are not getting on. You need to sell the pony. Sold the pony, upset the sold pony. The people who bought it, this weekly, does they like this pony's amazing. They literally just won, um, and I just thought, was there something in the beginning of our relationship where I either put strain on her or she, you know, she was too much for me? Was there something that became a long-term problem between us? We just didn't connect, and I think, I, I think it can happen. I think it yeah. can happen, and I think when you're pushing, a, you know, pushing a dog to do something it doesn't want to do. You're gonna end up getting frustrated with that dog. That dog's gonna get frustrated that it can't do what you want it to do. It's gonna end up with having like a mental health challenge for you and the dog, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, yes. But then on the flip side of that, you have to consider: are you genuinely trying to fit a round peg into a square hole? Or is the dog mugging you off? You know, we have to, we have to also sometimes. Think to ourselves, like, okay, so in a training, sorry, let me put that into a much better phrase than mugging
0: you off. Um The horse was mugging me off, Claire. The horse was mugging me off.
1: <laughs> I'll try and be more professional than mugging off. Um, but no, so I say to owners sometimes, is your dog checking out on that exercise because it doesn't yet have a work ethic? So what I mean by that. The dog actually likes the thing, loves the thing, but hasn't built up a really good work ethic with the owner yet. So it checks out, like it might go off and take a pee or go off and sniff, you know. And then people are, like, oh no, is my dog like really stressed or under pressure? And with sensitive dogs, you must consider that factor. So, yes, it might be, but there's a few dogs where that is it. Some dogs will go, oh yeah, I see the retrieve. Va- that's the bit I value I value the running out and hunting for it I found it now yeah I'll be with you in a minute just gonna go over here and cock my leg up that tree there and just gonna go and oh um, yeah okay right oh okay you want me to finish the retreat now <laughs> that's completely different like that is a dog where it's checked out on you in you know in that training session it's checked out with you And that's not okay, but you have to build a work ethic with a dog. So some dogs can only cope with short durations of training sessions and you need to build that up. You know, I've got three dogs, one of which can do hours of training when she was younger. Not now she's an old girl, bless her, but she could. Rosa's never been that dog. She's always been like 20, 30 minutes, one-to-one. She can do a long group training session because she has breaks, but you know, she can't cope with a long duration one-on-one. So you have to build that dog's ability to concentrate for longer, to stay in the game with you longer, to focus for longer, and you have to teach it to have a good work ethic. But it's then knowing the difference between, is it that the dog hasn't yet got a work ethic? Is the dog mugging me off? Or am I trying to fit a square peg into a round hole? But you'll know that because of everything else about it, you know, so when i look at a working gun dog a working gun dog uses so much natural ability so much you know um of their senses they're quite independent they get the job done whereas when you are running a dog at a working test you must send them in a straight line down there they must stop there they must go to there and do this you're taking away that natural ability part you're taking away that dog's um, independence and you're saying you must follow my instruction and some dogs really mold well into that some dogs love to be given instructions, so they'll be your sort of dogs that if you send them out on a blind retrieve they ask for help quite a lot then you get the other dogs that are like don't need you thank you very much I'm off I know what I'm doing and use their natural ability so it's understanding which type of dog you've got and that will make a difference to the job role as well.
0: I suppose then we can sort of like tailor the task to better suit the dog, can we? Like we, like you say, you can if you really want your dog to retrieve, but it's not really loving retrieving. You can ask one of one or two retrieves in training session rather than ten or twenty. Absolutely, like and
1: that and that's where you then if the dog if it's that the dog was a reluctant retriever. Bec- well, here's a scenario. So this isn't round peg, square hole. This is lack of the training. So dog's been put off of retrieving in the early days as a puppy. It's been scolded for picking things up around the house. They've chased it instead of using it as a retrieval. Those kinds of things that we've talked about on masterclasses on the LWDG. So you're now building the dog's desire to want to pick things up and give them back and teaching the dog that there's some value in that, that there's some fun involved in that and that they are not going to get told off as we build that value in that job. So we have to build up a reward history of doing that job. But to start with, that dog might only manage a couple of retrieves before it goes, yeah, done with this now, because it hasn't been part of its upbringing, of its growth. And so then we build on that. So we start to build in a bit more, but break the session up with other things that the dog enjoys. So if your dog enjoys doing position transitions or loves doing a bit of heel work with you or loves to have a play on the tuggy or loves to have a little bit of just messing around with you with a toy, break up the session with a bit of play and then do a couple more retrieves and then go back. So build that dog's work ethic in. And that is educating the dog as opposed to trying to fit your round square peg in a round hole. Nearly got them around the wrong way then. There was nearly a
0: round peg with a square hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really fascinating when we talk this and say about a breed and behavior. Meg's pup is like a, a poodle cross and we took a yesterday we were trying, it was just a really calm. We were standing in the water the pup was sitting on a paddleboard just to get him used to being on a paddleboard, on a lake, on the side, nobody going anywhere, nobody doing anything. And the fearless little beggar, he's like 15, 15 weeks now, just like run, launched himself off the end and swam. And I was like, what is in your breeding or your, your characteristics, your traits that have been passed from generation to generation the says? When you go in water, you swim. It, I was I was absolutely fascinated. Because I've seen young dogs swim, and mm. they, they, some of them are really good swimmers, but they're always a little bit like, "Oh, I'm swimming. There's, there's yeah. a, a nerve, there was no nerve. Mm.
1: Yeah, see, so a fearless pup. So, you know, probably the sort of pup that you give it a challenge, it will be quite up for well, let me see if I can solve this riddle. Let me see if I can get this job done. It it won't be reliant on you. Puppies like that generally tend to want to try and do things for themselves. So you're probably finding with training you're doing with the puppy, you know, that he just gets on and he tries to find the way of doing it instead of being
0: lured and guided into it. He wants to have a go himself, right? Yeah, absolutely. He can learn things so quickly again shocked me spaniels learn fast you know i i've always thought they were incredibly intelligent very quick he can pick things up one go and he's like i got this
1: yeah yeah absolutely and that and you know some puppies are just more like that and sometimes it is breed but sometimes it's just personality as well you know like from one litter you will potentially get a bunch of those puppies that are like that and then the other bunch of puppies that are a little bit more standoffish and they'll wait for you to lure them in and show them how to do it and then you'll get the puppies that'll be like right time in and have a go without really knowing what they're having a go at and so you know when I picked Rose as a puppy I, I purposefully picked what I saw in that litter over the visits that I saw her She was the feistiest, the boldest, the strongest will. She was the one that came forward when I was playing music and noises on my phone. She wasn't the one that was backing away. So even in that litter of very, very strong Labradors, I was looking for one that had that little bit more. And I sure got it. (laughs) And that's what I see in her as a working dog, as a working dog. That's what I see was the traits that I picked. Had I picked the one that waited to be shown and guided, maybe that dog would have been more suited to right now. I need you to lie here and follow and trust that. Don't use your initiative. Do it this way. So it, it, you really have to start thinking, what I picked is what I'm seeing. <laughs> you know, I did do that on purpose. and how much do you want to change of that dog and how much is changeable? That's what we have to question. So when we're talking about square peg round hole or round peg and square hole, whichever way you want to say it, when we're thinking about that, it's like, well, how much do we think we should? And how much do you think we can change?
0: It's like looking at them from when they were little, what did our history with them, what, what, what did we, what did we notice? Like if I look at, If I look back at Ella as a pup, I've had her my entire life, and she was incredibly good at hunting, even as a pup, she'd find anything. She's never been super lover of retrieving. Maybe when you're picking them, it's looking and saying, well, I really want them to do this one type of job. Do they like, as a little pup, the traits they will need to do this job over and over
1: and if you especially if you're going for like a spaniel breed or like you're saying something with poodle in it or and well anything really that where maybe retrieving isn't the most instinctual you've got to start that really early to build value in it before all of those other instincts really come into play that's not to say it's not doable and you know we say all the time the least the least (laughs) instinctual piece of the retrieve for any breed even a retriever breed is the return because if they were out in the wild they would hunt track it they would hunt it they would kill it they would eat it they wouldn't be bringing it back to you and going would you like this before i have my piece <laughs> <You know? laughs> so we have to build value into that piece of the retrieve. but i just think we need to be as handlers and trainers so much more thoughtful about the dog in front of us and we we use that sentence quite a lot work with the dog in front of you but also like what was this dog bred to do what am I asking it to do have I set it up to learn that am I asking too much but then again there's always this thing like I said earlier don't let the dog mug you off either like if, if the dog's just checking out on you because he just can't be bothered well that's not okay that's a completely different thing so that's where reading your dog understanding your dog and also working with a trainer that can do those things is going to help you you know it's 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 a really fascinating subject and if you can't tell by how excited my voice keeps getting it's something that i'm just hugely hugely at the moment i think just because i'm seeing so many dogs with so many training struggles and I'm dissecting it and trying to work out: Well, it was this dog ever right for this? Is it through genetics, or is it through upbringing and um, its environmental factors, or you know what is it? Is it a training thing? And I think we have to be open minded enough to consider it could be any of those things. And until we've figured that out,
0: we can't fix it. We've got like we've got a fixed idea in our head of what a gun dog is and how gun dogs were trained and It does say it in the books, but nowhere in the books does it say, by the way, we use any breed to do any job. It said we had this dog and we got it to do this job. And we had this dog and we got it to do this job. And that's why we've got all these breeds to begin with. So now we're in a new era where we're trying to get them to do everything. But we've got to give some leeway in the fact that your dog might not actually like doing what you're asking it to do.
1: It's really hard when you own a dog as a pet and you want to have this hobby with it or that hobby that becomes like the working gun dog hobby. you know so it's more than a hobby isn't it? It's like you're working toward working the dog. And I think it's really hard because as we learn more, our ambitions grow and that might not suit the dog that we bought when we bought it because the ambitions were different as well so it's like we have to be so open minded to this stuff but equally dogs are incredibly clever and with the right training and the rewi- uh, and the right reward history being built in um we can we can change how dogs feel about a lot of things we might not be able to change the genetics but we can change the way dogs feel about a lot of things and some of the dogs that Some of the dogs that have come to me that really have had no desire to retrieve, I haven't yet had one that I haven't successfully got retrieving. Touch wood to date, that's not the case. But that doesn't mean that that dog's going to be a competing dog winning awards for retrieving. But they're retrieving, but maybe it's a fun retrieve. Do you know what I mean? Like, we do have to be realistic, but I think that's where being open and honest and willing to try out things outside the box if you only have one oh yeah this is it this is it this is where I was trying to get to with it so if (laughs) if you've only got one way of training a dog well you're going to fail a lot of dogs because all dogs are different and this is where being open-minded to trying different techniques different methods different ways to motivate and rather than bullying dogs into doing a job and then they just look robotic and they look like they hate the job anyway, you want that job, that dog to have mojo. You want it to look like it's enjoying it. Even if it's not the most polished, beautiful retrieve, the dog needs to look happy doing it. If your dog doesn't look happy doing it, something's not right. And that's what I recognised with Joe in those last two working tests I did. She didn't look like she was loving it, and I was like, oh, she's doing it. Technically, she's doing it, but she doesn't look like and she's loving it. Now, I have to say, we she'd come out of a phantom pregnancy. Her hormones were all over the place. That could have played a part in it. So I'm trying not to overthink it. And I'm like, Do you know what? We'll have another go next year and we'll see what happens.
0: But at the same
1: time, I'm trying to be open-minded enough to go, if this isn't for
0: her, I'm not going to push this. It, you know, it's It's hard. And we we'll just clarify this: she was on about Rose, not on about Joe. Oh, yes. <laughs> you're like Joe won't do it, like Joe. I was like, Jo's not ready for working tests. That's Rose's. Test. No, yeah, Rose, Rose. Yeah, you know, she
1: had come out of a phantom pregnancy. Her hormones were all over the place. That might have been why she looked like that. But I don't know that because I can't read her mind. And this is the thing: with all the best will in the world. You can understand your dog, you can read their body language, you can know your dog's personality, but you can't read their mind. You can't. And only through results of what you see, will you know if what you're doing is working.
0: It's a little bit like school though, isn't it, as well? You know, we the, the UK still has this, like, every peg fits in the same round hole. All children must be academic. And I look at it and I think, no there's loads of different ways that this child could flourish that doesn't mean they have to be able to do maths and science. For mm-hmm. it. So I think it's the, it's the same with our dogs, isn't it? They can all flourish. They don't all have to be perfect at things. It doesn't matter if your dog is like the best hunter going, if his retrieves the best coffee, is this the end of the world?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you're completely right. You touched on it earlier, Joe, when you said it can cause frustration. It can cause frustration. It can also cause breakdown in the relationship between you and your dog because you can become despondent, disheartened. Your dog's going to feel that. Your dog then becomes a bit like, yeah, whatever. You might get more of your dog checking out on you. <laughs> you know, which you're trying to kind of avoid. Um, and so, yeah, I, th- I just think, You've got to look at the whole package. You've got to look at the genetics of the dog, the the breed traits of the dog, the upbringing of the dog, the environmental experiences of the dog, the training requirements of that dog, the ability to ebb and flow in and out of different training techniques to find what works for that dog. You know, when I see a dog working who looks miserable, I feel sad. And I'm like, no dog should look miserable doing its job. Dogs should look happy. I want my dog to have a wagging towel. I want my dog to gaze up and stare at me and then, you know, do its job lovingly and come back with that retrieve and be like, look what I've got for you. So I think we have we have to look at the dog. The dog will tell us all we need to know if we're open-minded enough to embrace that and to and to let us guide, let that guide us into how
0: we work with that dog. Thank you for our first ever episode of Founded it, Fetched It. And now I wouldn't like to guess maybe our hundredth episode of LWDG Pod as it was now. For those of you who just forgot that I have there, it's changing theme to found it, fetched it. Um, hope you all enjoyed thank you Claire for giving us your time you're wonderful as always if you want more help from Claire or any of our other LWDG group experts go over to www.thelwdg.com become a member and you can ask them any questions you have about your dogs and they will be there to help you loads of live coaching loads and loads and loads of courses in our study hub There is so much information, you will be busy going through it for months, but also the ability for us to focus you. We can give you the information by your level, so that instead of you trying to absorb everything that's going on in the dog world, you have a focused plan at your level to work through and work towards. We hope that you've enjoyed this session, and we look forward to hearing your feedback. See you all next week. If you're interested in joining our supportive community and taking advantage of our group experts training and resources, please visit our website at www.thelwdg.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review and we look forward to helping you and your four-legged friend thrive. Until next time, keep training, keep learning and keep working with your beloved gundog.